Welcome to another episode of the Love Not Fear podcast. I'm David Hensel and I'm here with my co-host Eduard Brink. What is the topic of today, Eduard? Aha. Yeah, it's a little trick. I didn't tell you prior to this one. I'd like to talk about worrying versus concerning. Hmm. So. Okay. The first thing that comes to mind is my mother always said, in German language is to worry is sich Sorgen machen, which kind of means to make worry. And she always said, you make this yourself. It doesn't really exist. I, I love this attitude about her. You know, if, if you sit at home, let's say your, your kid goes out to party or to ski or whatever, it's like driving, and you sit at home and worry, this doesn't help anybody. You know, so versus like if, you know, something happens and you get a call and you can go into action, but just sitting there and just like destroying your mood and sending out negative vibrations does not help. I think rather hurts. Yeah, it's almost like a poem about the, the wisdom to know what you can change. So we spoke about that before, but for me, it's like checking in what is the worst that could happen. And by doing that, it put my fears into perspective. And if your fear is in perspective, then you can prepare for possible outcomes and take action or prevent what you don't want to happen. But to go to the extreme and then work it back where you are on that scale, that's actually a, quite a useful exercise. Yeah, because with, with most things, I think, you know, like there can be catastrophic things that you can imagine. But in most cases, for example, public speaking, what's the worst thing that happens? I go out there and people dislike it so much, they throw a tomato at me, which will never happen in a million years. You know, so yeah, once you actually realize that the worst case is actually not that bad. Yeah, it becomes much easier. We talked about the worry time before on this podcast, right? Mm, yes, we did. Yeah. yeah. So I guess like that's another thing. If you worry, like schedule time to worry mm -hmm. and be effective at it and like actually come yeah. up with solutions versus just having this worry thing take away your mental capacity. Yeah. And the other thing is to check in if it's true. And by mm. repeating this question uh, to yourself one, two, three times, and forcing yourself to recalibrate on how bad is it? What is going to happen? That's, it's a nice exercise as well. And you, know, by, you can ask yourself questions. And it feels weird in the beginning, but it actually frees yourself from getting in touch with the limiting belief uh, story. So hmm. is this true? And this is, I think, the, the, the very essence of lawful not fear. Hmm. Yeah, very true. And I also think like I always expect the best outcomes because I think it's also way more likely that the best outcomes happen. You know, I don't want to go too woo-woo in the sense of law of attraction or you know what, what you create in your mind will become your reality. Yeah. But yeah, okay. I'll, I guess I'll leave it at that. I, I read something by Eckhart Tolle and, and something that stuck to me is, is if you question if something is true, it's like, like taking the plug out of an inflatable toy. So this thing actually becomes less significant. Hmm. That that somehow yeah, that image really resonated with me. To some degree, I guess also, if you question if it's true, if it's already happening, I don't know. It, it's also in the woo woo realm. But you know, for example, I have like some some big deal that is lining up, and you know, it's already handshake. But it's it's so awesome that I'm like kind of doubting if it's if it's true or not. But I think if you stay in this mindset, you may even actually hurt it. To, to some degree versus like being excited about it and, and leaning into it. Yeah. Hmm. The other th thing that comes to mind is something, a fact or an opinion. 
Mm. And I'm just mm. playing around with the, with the topic. What, mm. what are facts and what are opinions? <laughs> opinions are like assholes. Everybody has one. But what is the <laughs> distinguishment between objective truth and subjective interpretation? Yeah, I mean, that's always a very interesting thing to see. Like, how do people perceive reality? This is like... Uh, once my mind was blown when I had an, an employee and I told him like in an hour long conversation that if he doesn't change his disbehavior, that I'll go to fire him without saying the words, I'll freaking fire you. And after this one hour, he was still in, like in a good mood. And I was like, dude, just to recap this, if this doesn't change, I'll let you go. Yeah. And he was like, what? You know, sender and receiver did not match up. Or the other thing with my aphantasia that I do not have images in my mind. So I perceive the world very differently than other people do. I think this, we never, you never spoke about this. We did quite a few right now, but this mm -hmm. is the first time you mentioned it. And I think it's a very good moment to, to explore a little around it because if people don't know you, this is quite significant and this has shaped you into who you are. Yeah, I mean, this yeah has shaped me or like this was always me. Yeah. <laughs> I, I have this condition called aphantasia. I found out three years ago, but I have it my entire life. I do not have images in my head. So when I close my eyes and I think of an apple or my daughter's face, I, I see nothing. It's always black. And so I cannot recreate pictures, but I also cannot recreate sounds, tastes, smells, or emotions. So I cannot relive an emotion. I know kind of like how like from a scale of zero to 10 how good or how bad this emotion felt but I, I have very low res memory because i cannot tie to emotions or pictures or sounds or taste or smells it's kind of like just like fact-based stored some somewhere and when you have aphantasia you also have sdam which stands for severely deficient autobiographical memory so i yeah i'm i'm weird <laughs> But you wouldn't trade your weirdness for being normal, right? I mean, it has been very, for example, like I got told, like being being in the present because people who live in the past often have like lots of like grudges or resentment or anger, and people who live in the future often have like, suffer from anxiety or fear. But with my fantasia, I'm always very present in in the moment. It makes it much easier to be present or see things as they are. For example, the entrepreneur roller coaster. I've been an entrepreneur almost my entire life and actually I never had a job so all my working life I've, I've been an entrepreneur you know the entrepreneur roller coaster that I see in others like the yay fuck yay don't have it you know at, at max again my last business we've been hacked and this could have been the end of everything and everybody was freaking out and I, I stayed completely calm it's like okay this sucks accept it what can we do to make this situation better and this has been serving me really well so you think you're Avantasia, is it is it keeping you steady? Does it also polish off the peaks or is it just the lows? I think it also polishes off the peaks. My brother is like very emotional, very highly visual, and he goes like in, in you know super ecstatic, like yeah, whoa, you know, freaking out. And I'm like, I'm kind of like not not super duper no. freaked out, excited about things. But it doesn't affect your empathy, right? It affects the empathy in the sense of I I have deep logical empathy, but if you tell me something tough that you went through, I would never, I'd never go like, oh, poor you, and kind of like mm. what, what normal other humans do. I would think, like, okay, this sucks for him. What can we do to help him to improve the situation? You know, I always go into like solution mode. I deeply care about people, but it sometimes was perceived that I'm like kind of like unempathetic 
cold because I don't show this normal behavior that people show. And now I'm actually I'm faking it to make people not feel uncomfortable. You, know? <laughs> you hacked it. I hacked it. I went to an event once. There was a speaker. It was a lady who gradually turned blind after mm. she was 19. It happened over a three-year period. So she knows what it is to have eyesight. And still, today, she wouldn't go back to the normal situation. Mm. So she embraced what happened to her and the development of the extra senses so much that she mm. wouldn't go back. And although she has lived to, to see it, I'm, I, That's cool. it's a strong story. But yeah, I, I believed her. It was not for the purpose of the talk. She could talk about it so vividly and, and, and what it brought her. So it's, it's very Which senses were heightened? All like taste, scent, taste, smell, touch, taste, smell, and, hearing. and the ability to read a room from the energy and to know where objects wow. are in front of her. And so some of the things I could really see how that works and some were quite yeah magical with the lack of a better word. But then always what happens in my mind is to see, okay, without giving up eyesight, what is it that we can, that I can train or develop or Sharpen. should pay attention mm -hmm. and if, if to circulate right back to your aphantasia. By the way, everybody says aphasia. No, I say aphantasia. They, they, very few people know about it. But although one in or two in two in a hundred have it, yes, but I two, don't know. Two percent of people have it. Yeah. So if we go back to your condition, what is it that we that we could train? What is it that I could be more sensitive of because you don't have it or have it? I mean, I think the benefit that I have that I'm slightly desensitized. That you know, like things don't bother me. Like having a tough skin. I think, but in terms of training, what I'm working on training is my gut feeling. And I think this is like, you know, my, my quote unquote sixth sense. And I think that's like something for everybody or like that's the main skill that I think is worth training, you hmm. know, kind of like developing a better gut feeling and, and listening to it, listening to the hunches that you're having. Okay. Well, we decided to keep these episodes short. True. We started out here we, and completely somewhere else, but uh, that doesn't uh, matter. There was about worrying about concerning. Well, <laughs> doesn't matter. Let's continue in the next one. Yep. Do we have there. a call to action? Oh, yeah, that is true. What is what is it? Hmm. Maybe go back to the inflatable toy. What are the toys that you're carrying around that you could take a look? Uh, a, core, a toy sounds sounds like fun and light, but is there something you could deflate by taking another look at it? Yeah, let's stick with that. Okay. Awesome. See you in the next one. Okay.